0: Good morning. Good morning. morning. to like sway. just going that way. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite an aeroplane, actually. But the wind's over there. And the main. Good to see you this morning. Thank you for uh, having me here. Um, I did notice as I was sitting down there, there's a glitter on chairs. And I think that's because SMB used the building for their amazing Christmas. Sonny, um, in which my neighbour's daughter uh, came home with the wonderful story of Jesus. I can't going out. The but it does mean that some of well, you may end up with glitter on you at some point as I'm looking around, so uh, sorry about that, but I'm not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was watching that program last night, and uh, I was kind of like, I I can't remember it because I lived in the southeast, and I was only about nine, Um, so I couldn't really remember much of it. But it was quite fascinating seeing the amount of snow that that hit the UK, Uh, and it was white. Everything was white, but it was it was it was horrible. You know, you kind of like think, well. Here we are in 2023, and we have a tiny little bit of snow, and everyone goes crazy. You know, 1981, 1982, and all other times as well where there's been snow, and everyone's like, "Come on, let's get on with it." Um, but yeah, minus was it going down to minus 20 or something like that? That's Siberia, isn't it? So, anyway, that's not what I want to talk about this morning. Uh, not talk about the weather. Um, Obviously, yeah, we're looking at, um, is there room, and and this Sunday, is is there room for the challenge of Jesus? And the whole story that that goes around at Christmas of Jesus is actually really quite challenging for a lot of the people that they're part of that. And that's what I'm going to go through this morning and just ask the question, is, is are we making room for being challenged by Jesus in our own lives? So I want to start off with, can anybody remember Challenge Annika? Yeah. Annika Rice, yeah? yeah? She, she was in that all-in-one bodysuit and she just would run around the country as people in the studio would pick up clues, they'd give her the clues, she would then go off to these different places. Sometimes it was the right place, sometimes it wasn't. There was a time frame that she had to be challenged to find out the final result. Um, And and I I used to love watching it. I think it was one of those staple uh, TV programs that everybody used to kind of, oh yeah, challenge Annika's on tonight, we'll be watching this. Um, And I wanted to use that as a little bit of an example to start us off with this morning as to whether we have room for the challenge of Jesus. Because as we read the account of what happened around the time of Jesus' birth, we can see the challenge that so many people had at that time. Trevor's already said the challenge for the the, the people of Israel was God's gone silent on us. God is on mute. He's not talking to us. Why? So I want to go through just looking at some of the people, the historical Um, part of Christmas that we look at. And I want to start off with probably my favourite person in all of this, after Jesus, and that's Joseph. Uh, I love reading the tiny little snippets that we have of Joseph. There's not much that we have about Joseph at all. It gets to a certain point where it's just like when Jesus has gone to the temple to be presented and they can't find the child, and it says that he grew in stature and, 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 and blessing in the community and stuff like that. And all of a sudden, that's it. We don't hear anything more about Joseph. We hear about the birth. We hear about him as a, a young man, a teenager, and that's it. Joseph is still my favourite, though, because what I look at and what he, who he was and how he acted at the time. A, he was a really good carpenter. And we know that because, obviously, he taught Jesus. Uh, He was known as a carpenter and Jesus was taught. But he was an honourable man. The tiny little bit we have of it, you can see that he was an honourable man. Because his wife-to-be is now pregnant. Now she says it's a child from God. But that's a little bit too much to take in for someone like Joseph. It probably would be for quite a lot for husbands to be. Surely she has to be lying. Who has she slept with? I could have her stoned to death. I'm talking from the point of view of Joseph here. But no, I love her too much. And it says in scripture that he planned to secretly divorce her, to break off that engagement. It's a massive challenge for Joseph. And Jesus hasn't even been born yet. And the challenge of Jesus is in the womb for Joseph. But when the angel Gabriel appears and confirms Mary's story, his challenge changes. It's still a challenge, but it changes. I better get married to her quick. And that's what he does. Because some of the people in the community may start asking questions of why Mary's looking a little bit more like, like Gary. <laughs> Although there's less of Gary these days, which is good. But actually, yes, and Peter, so he's got to marry her quickly. But he'd also now be challenged, and this is the one that gets me every single time, that he'd become the stepdad to the Son of God. He's the stepdad to the Son of God. As we look at community and everything that's kind of going around us with breakups of marriage, etc., etc., and people stepping in and taking over a family and just looking out from. Joseph was about to become a stepdad and maybe the adopted father of the Son of God. Now that's a challenge. With Joseph. Joseph made room for Jesus Joseph made room Now for Mary how have imagined first century Israel lots of different implications, today it's like oh that's wonderful, Okay, you're young that's wonderful, we'll look after you, this would have been shame shame on the family, she would have known that she could have been stoned to death that was part of the law, If you're found um, to be with child outside of a marriage and if he divorces me I'll become a woman of shame. Bringing up a child, and everyone will point and look. But her ultimate challenge was that she was told that her child was to become a ruler of the house of David. Now, she would have known the implication of this as a young Jewish girl, and yes, she was probably a young teen at the time. She would know scripture. And have heard of the one true Messiah to come. Everything had been quiet recently. And now Gabriel announces, you will be having the Son of God. He is growing inside of you. Just trying to put yourself in that young girl's head. The mental challenge that is now set before her. Okay, I'm going to have a baby. <laughs> Not Joseph. Do I tell everyone that? That's no, the Son of God. The mental challenge. Especially as she would have um, been thinking, what, what's he going to grow up like? What's he going to look like? How is he going to grow? Mary made room. The shepherds. A <laughs> lovely, motley crew. <clears throat> For them, the first was to be absolutely petrified by a massive group of angels turning up singing songs of glory to God. That's quite a challenge. I think it would be quite a challenge for anybody. But here are these shepherds out on the hillside. And, and you know, Gabriel and the crew were going around uh, busy challenging everybody at the time. You know, Gabriel's Mary and Joseph, and, and I was challenging these shepherds. The second challenge, I think, for them, just as I was reflecting on it, was actually to think, who, us? Stinking shepherds? I haven't had a shower for a couple of months. I stink of sheep. Who are we that a whole host of angels would turn up for us? It says in Luke 2 verse 17 to 18 that these shepherds actually became the first evangelists. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. What a challenge that was. Go and tell everybody else. Okay, <laughs> let's go and do it. The shepherds made room. The wise men, or magi. Now, if Pete White was here, we'd probably have a real big conversation about this, because we've both looked into the history of the magi. More than likely followers of Zoroastrianism. a Big word. I had to practice saying that. <laughs> it's actually an ancient... Persian religion. So they come from the country what we would call Iran today. And Zoroastrianism is a religion based on one God and they look at some more of the out there kind of ideas of who God is and, and how he has made us etc. And, and some of their ideas of faith would inclu- include astronomy and astrology Um, but they're also aware of the fight between good and evil and that their belief was that good would one day triumph. That, in a nutshell, is this group of people. Now, the challenge for these guys, as they kind of like was looking at it, their study of the stars... uh, then that's a whole different story that me and Pete could sit down and have a conversation with people about. But the whole night sky, believe it or not, if you look into it and do the research, tells us the whole story of creation. It's amazing. If you do do the Google, have a little Google, and then you'll go down a rabbit hole. (laughs) Because it is like, oh really, oh really? Really? Certainly, certainly something that, that I've looked into and can see these magi, these wise men, were are actually following the story of Jesus in the stars. Not astrology in the way we kind of know it, of fortune telling, but God, it said, flung stars into space, didn't it? And it's for the signs and seasons. Well, guess what? when God threw those stars into space, created them in the way they are, he knew that thousands and thousands of years later that story would lead these wise men to a stable or certainly to a room uh, in a house somewhere with animals in it. So they would have looked at the stars, they would have been reading ancient texts which did include Jewish texts and I'll go on to that in a little bit they would have seen that a king was about to rise and he would be the destroyer of evil. Well, that sounds like our religion. (laughs) So they followed this star. They did their own challenge Annika. They got the information, they got all the things, they're following this, he's got this, right, off they go. They had a bunch of clues, a new star appearing, and they set on a journey to find a newborn king in the east. And their gifts suggested that they knew what this king was about. And on finding Jesus, their next challenge was to slip out of Israel quietly by another route. And that's because of Herod. Herod's challenge. Jesus was a fear. Fear that Herod was about to have his kingdom challenged by this young upstart of a king. That his kingdom would have a new ruler and he was pretty convinced by this as the wise men had used a prophetic text from a Jewish prophet called Micah and Herod would have known of this text and the prophetic nature of it too. So Micah 5 verse 2, and this is what, um, they quote, if you, if you read in scripture, it actually says, this is what they quote to Herod. But you, Bethlehem Ephrata, though you are small among the class of, Ju- clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times why the Magi were looking at this and going, wow, who is this ruler to come? So they go to Herod to find out where he is and Herod does the whole thing. When you find him, let me know so I can come and worship him as well. The challenge was too much for Herod. So his evil plan was to destroy all boys under two years of age. That gives you a little bit of a hint of the time frame we're in. We kind of like see Christmas, don't we, sometimes? It's just like, well, there's the angel turning up to tell Mary. Next day, oh, turns up and tells Joseph. Oh, same time, telling all the shepherds. Oh, wise men turn up. It's like a concert knocking on the door, isn't it? And all of a sudden, it's just like, actually, no. And the hint here is that actually this happened, happened over quite some time period. So actually, all boys under two were slaughtered. All in and around Bethlehem. And that's a real challenge for us as we stop to think of the implications of this act of fear and desperation. We kind of like put that story aside at Christmas, don't we? Because it's not... You can see that on a Christmas card. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a horrible thing to think about. And this then they created a challenge for Jesus, Mary and Joseph. Because they had to flee. It tells us in Scripture they had to flee the country and they actually became refugees in Egypt. I'm using modern day language. It doesn't say that in Scripture. They fled to Egypt. They became refugees. They were seeking asylum from an evil king wanting to kill them. And that's a little bit of a challenge for us as well, that Jesus was a refugee and an asylum seeker. Maybe over 2,000 years ago. In some respects, there's no difference between Jesus, who was seeking asylum as a refugee, and a different country. just makes you think a little bit more about Jesus understands every person's, now, we'd like to think in all of this gospel story that we read, the good news of Jesus coming, that we would be more like Mary or Joseph in accepting this challenge, wouldn't we? We'd like to think we were more like Mary and Joseph. I was Maybe this is a personal thing, but I was reflecting on each of these people and the impact that they had by Jesus challenging them. And I actually started to think we might be more aligned with Herod. You see, Herod's kingdom was about to be challenged, or so he thought. His comfortable existence could be changed by a completely new threat. So his answer was to destroy his challenger. And as humans, unfortunately, we tend to not like having our way of life and our comfort challenged. We don't. We resist when we try to find a number of ways to avoid Whatever the challenge is before us. Well if I do it this way, it won't be as painful. If I do it that way and then this and I do it this way, we're always trying to find a way to have the most comfortable route. Like I say, maybe that's just me. <laughs> but I think actually it's called the sinful nature that we have within us that bubbles up now and again. That sinful nature, that way of life. We have the potential to hold on to some darkness in our lives. As we've lit the candles and we could turn the lights off and it looks pretty and lovely and everything else like that. But sometimes in our own lives we can hold on to some darkness, some stuff that we just don't want to kind of deal with. So I'll just hide it away in that room in the dark. It's unavoidable sometimes. It's from the fall. It's this sinful nature, nature, na- nature that we have. As I said, I think we are more likely uh, to be like Mary and Joseph. That's what we want to think. We're like the shepherds, the wise men. But in reality, when Jesus challenges us, and I say really challenges us, we tend to try and hide. As I reflected on this and return to the title of the series, Is There Room? I look upon Mary, Joseph, the shepherds and the wise men and see that they made room for this challenge. Each one of them had a teachable spirit, a noble spirit, who heard angels and ancient texts and were willing to be challenged by this amazing new world changing event. Herod was not willing. He was about himself and his kingdom, the sinful nature. In fact, I heard recently about the unholy trinity. And if you've ever heard of the unholy trinity, it's called me, myself and I. Because it's all about me. Herod is all about him. For Mary, it's about God. For Joseph, it's about God. For the shepherds, it's about God. And a new saviour for the wise men. It's about the king destroying evil. We want to find out who that is. Teachable, noble spirits, which is what we should have. John eighteen, sorry, John eight twelve tells us. Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, "I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of." Life For Mary, Joseph, the shepherds and the wise men, they made room. They made room for the light of the world to change their lives. They chose light over darkness. And that's a challenge for us who can sometimes have that sinful nature bubbling up like Herod and say, no, I don't want that challenge. That's too much for me. That's going gonna, gonna to affect me and the way I live. Our challenge is to allow God's Holy Spirit to guide us and help us make room. I bet every single one of you has got a comfy chair you like to sit in at home, yeah? This is your chair. This is your spot. No one else sits there. And if they do, it's only for a short period of time because it's a relative and you allow that to happen. But as soon as they're gone, I'm back in that chair. It's the comfy chair. We've all got one, haven't we? Yeah, you all laughing and giggling as if you have. I had a really, I heard a really great analogy when I was a young man about the Holy Spirit being like your comfortable chair. Because he's comforter. Scripture tells us that he's our comforter. And it's like our most comfortable place we like to sit, with a cup of tea, a cup of coffee, put a goggle box on, just watch, challenge Annika. (coughs) (coughs) And it's like, oh, she's good, this is good. And that's how the Holy Spirit is like, he's just comforting us, he's caring for us. But at the same time, now and again we might go, oh, what is that? What is? (laughs) It's one of the many controllers that I have for all of the appliances around the place. And it's just like, yeah, that's not quite... And actually it was brilliant what this guy said. He said, you have the comfort of the Holy Spirit, but sometimes there are things that we feel just digging in our back or in our side a little bit, or just just a little bit uncomfortable. He said, that's the Holy Spirit saying, that little bit of darkness in your life, I want to shine a light on that. I want to shine a light into that darkness of your life and that's where we kind of like it's us it's not the Holy Spirit getting rid of them it's just I'm still here I'm still comforting you but I think that needs to be sorted out so we pull it out and we go oh I want to get rid of that put that to the side and as we allow God's spirit to challenge our darkness our sinful nature the more our light Will shine. And Matthew 5 tells us that you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor that they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house, that your light so shine before men that they see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. The shepherds were given the charge to go and shine that light. So as we make room for the challenge of Jesus in our lives to shine his light in our darkness, in turn we take that light and are able to shine it onto and into the darkness of others around us. That's what we're charged to do as Christians. Deal with our own darkness and shine light into other people's lives that are dark. What a challenge. All Jesus asks is, can you make room? Can you make room for me? So I just want to leave you with, what are you being challenged about by Jesus at the moment? Do you have room for the challenge of Jesus this Christmas? Maybe let's just be still before I pray for us and ask God's Spirit to shine a light in our darkness. Father, we are we're sorry and, and, and sometimes you really can't help that human nature, that, that sinful nature in us, that, that, that attitude sometimes of, of Herod, well it's all about me. Father, we, we struggle with that sometimes. And Father, we thank you that through the cross of Christ that we are forgiven, that we can come to you all the time, seeking forgiveness by the act that we celebrate at Easter. We thank you, Father, for that. But Lord, as, as, as young as we are, as, as, as old as we are, Father, there are still things in our life that we fully haven't given over to you. And that's our challenge. Father, whatever darkness, whatever it is that we may still have in our lives, and we do, Father, we read in Scripture where Paul says, I do what I don't want to do and I don't want to do what I'm doing. But Father, there are things in our lives that we need to be challenged on. But Lord, I pray for everybody here this morning that we would actually be more like Mary, Joseph, the shepherds and the wise men, that actually we would make room. We would hear your challenge for us whatever it might be father we thank you for your son that he he grew he grew to be this messiah that saved us so father i pray that with all of the tinsel and the trimmings and the presents and everything else that kind of like blinds us a little bit that lord we would be able to make room for the challenge of Jesus this Christmas. We thank you for who you are, that you are a loving Father, and that your Son is King of Kings. Praise your holy name. Amen.